Why, hello, everyone. Now, you see, the Chili Crew has not been able to meet like they normally do, so we've been forced to make episodes based upon some of our live casts we've done on the Facebooks. Now, I may not understand all the technical know-how and terminology, but I believe one of the Chili Crew has informed me that because they're taking these episodes from their live cast, some of the audio might sound like it's coming from a rotary phone. I don't see what the problem is. Rotary sounded absolutely fine to me. Oh, right, right. So anyway, please forgive some of the uh, uh, breaks in conversations that you might run into from time to time. And by the way, if you'd like to join the conversation, they go live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Listen, we've been praying for all of you, and we hope that all of you are staying safe and staying healthy. And until we meet again, please keep the conversation going. We love you and enjoy. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time and this evening. I uh, pray, Lord, that you'll please send your Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom as we study out the, your Holy Word. And I pray also, Father, for everyone's safety uh, and uh, medical health as well. Father, I pray that uh, through all of this situation that the world seems to be stuck in right now, I pray, Lord, that your glory will shine through and more people will come to you. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to take this uh, verse by verse. So we're going to start off with the first verse here. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, it sounded like the voice of God just coming <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Give Tom your money. <laughs> None of us. Yeah, my God doesn't wear a top hat. My God doesn't wear a top hat. Ooh. That sounds like a t-shirt they're making. Oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, all right. Let's, let's recenter. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> who's going to take this one on, guys? Who, who, who's going to tell us what David was saying here? All right. So I'll start off. I got really excited when I found out that we we're going to be doing Psalm 23. Yeah. Psalm 23 kind of has a, a warm spot in my heart. Because when I was a little kid, my mom would read this to us at night. And she would read, just read it constantly every night for us. And so anyway, when we found out the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That pretty much says, I am a sheep. I have given my life for God, and he's going to lead me, and I am not going to do so much. So, I don't know. I just want to say I'm excited about this 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 podcast tonight, and God's my shepherd. I'm a sheep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the way I look at it, as I shall not want, is the fact that just like if you take care of an animal, Norm, if you have to take care of it, you have to actually give everything it needs, the water, the food, the shelter, and cold times or hot mm -hmm. times. So it's he's providing everything that you need. Right. Okay. So the I shall not want, you're saying, is uh, flat out saying, like, he, he is the one that provides it, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm in agreement with that. I was kind of excited about this too. Um, I, I was kind of giggling to myself because I feel like the world we live in right now, we're all sheep uh, and we're led to the left and to the right. Uh, depends on what our focus is. But uh, I, I love this because I think of like a fatherly thing where I should never be afraid. 
I don't have to be afraid because my father's looking after me and, and he's also providing the needs that I have. And there's a certain amount of trust that comes in. No, it's complete trust. <laughs> if you're shepherding a sheep, they, are, they're, they completely trust that you're going to meet their needs uh, and, and, and protect you. I think of the story of Shepherd went to find the one. Um, and that's, uh, and there are some missing people that are searching right now, and God will find them. And we need to be praying for that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I kind of gleaned from that first verse. Uh, and, and, and just saying the words is making me think, you know what, I need to knuckle down and, and remember this and to trust in all these things when I have a bad day or a bad moment. As I read through this, I like to always uh, take a step back and remember the author. David was a shepherd, so he understood what he's talking about here. When he said, the Lord is my shepherd, he, he completely understands the job description. He knows what it takes. He knows the the dangers that the the shepherd protects the sheep from he 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 knows what it takes to care for them and and so that that just added a deeper meaning to even this whole this whole chapter let alone this first verse this this i shall not want that you know you you want for nothing you don't get everything you want you don't get everything that you feel that you need to have you just get what you need to to survive as a shepherd, he wants to make sure his flock stays healthy and stays alive. Not that they get roly-poly and they just get spoiled with whatever they want. You know, I, I wish I would, I wish I knew more about sheep personally, because I almost feel like I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of zipping through it, just kind of looking ahead. I mean, I'm, maybe I shouldn't be, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking ahead and I'm like, man, sheep sound pretty dumb. <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to say that, but that's what I was leaning at, you know, dummies. Well, and I say, maybe I shouldn't say dumb. Maybe I should say like, they're, they're very simple. Like you bring them to the water, they drink it. You bring them to the grass, they'll eat it. You, you let them lay down and say, okay, this I'm going to provide. I think I would more associate them with trusting. So yeah, so a little, I think they're more a reference to their, their trusting and their, the way their life is, is revolved around dependence upon the shepherd. So uh, if we think of ourselves as the sheep, that's a big, big deal. You know, trusting the Savior in every aspect of our life. I love this chapter, so I'm going to have fun with this one. Um, when you talk about trust, have you, you guys ever heard Ken Davis? I think it was Ken Davis who Amen, talked. Yeah. Who said that he grew up with? Um, he he bought a sheep farm and and he was doing sheep and having to learn how. And he thought it was going to be easy to be a shepherd. But the thing is that sheep have to trust their shepherd. Otherwise, they don't follow. And it takes a while for a sheep to grow to trust. So the, if, I know I was thinking about it when you said trust. The first sentence says, it's actually kind of like a declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. So you're declaring that you are trusting and you're going to let him guide you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I don't know if we're going to get to the second verse just now, but and when he's talking about that, he makes me lie down. He leads me, you know, all those things. It's kind of like a declaration. I am a Christian. I am going, God is going to be my guide. God is going to be my God, my guide. I, I so, like that. I like that segue you did there, uh, Israel. We'll, we'll throw in a, a comment here from, uh, from Dale. He's, he's uh, joining us. It says, a wise man once said, if you have what you want and want what you have, 
You are the richest man on earth. I like that too. Thank you. Thank you for that. We will move in. we'll move into verse two so we can continue this conversation going. Um, verse two says, He maketh me lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Once again, I think with tying up with what everybody has said, I guess. Do, do you realize these are the two, I, I guess in my own, my own mind, I'm seeing somebody who's going, or, or who's, who's writing this. Obviously, it was David who wrote this. But he wrote this, and I think it, what are the two main things that shepherds do is they bring their sheep to where the food is, and they bring their sheep to where the water is. So he maketh me lie down in green pastures, uh, he leadeth me beside the still waters. We're talking about pastures and waters. Uh, I know it's it's talking about the lying down, but what I, I guess what I'm saying is is it's like these are the two primary things that sheep need. And the verse just before that kind of kind of is the capstone almost. And I know it's before it, but it's kind of the capstone on that because it says, "I I shall not want." Like as in, what else do I need? He's he's pr- doing that, providing for me the two primary things that I need. And I'm sure that between all of us we can have a thousand different things of of the two main things or whatever it could be symbolism of but i i like that it's it's very direct and saying listen he provides me the pastures i need not just to eat but to live in and to lie down in and and so forth um but i if i could pose a question to everybody like that one part that says he maketh me lie down what is that referencing to I did a little bit of studying on uh, uh, shepherds and the way that they they uh, run their their sheep. <laughs> the way of shepherds. The way like of shepherding. <laughs> and um, th- this whole it maketh me lie down in green pastures. What I read was that when you see the the sheep, like the shepherds taking their sheep through the fields, you will see paths that are just uh, worn brown. Okay. Because as the shepherd is walking, he's walking down the path, allowing the sheep to graze on either side of the field, not to strip it bare because the sheep will completely obliterate everything in its, in its, in its wake, the, the little green sprigs and stuff. And so he, he maketh me lie down in green pastures, which means there will be food everywhere. That, but he's got to be still and understand and, and practice that temperance. You know, because you're relying on the shepherd, and uh, you could easily just gorge yourself <laughs> all. You know, it, it, but uh, that practicing temperance, uh, leading you beside the still waters, by the way of of, of peace, a, a way for you to, to to drink. It's it's not rapids. It's not ways that you can be sustained, and that's where he 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 leads you. I'm not going to go Dr. Doolittle on this like Tom did and say all that other fun historical little facts. But the way I look at it, these people, they're leading are animals. Okay. Animals need to be, hey, you already ran yourself dry. We went on a long hike. You guys just need to lay down and calm yourselves. Go to sleep. It's just like raising a child. I don't know how many people reference a puppy with an actual child. If you can't take care of a puppy, you really can't take care of a child. So when you look at it, it's just, you know what I mean? You got to look at it as it's an animal. It's kind of like a child. Go lay down, go to sleep, 
you know, that's the way I look at it. We're kind of, you're missing the second portion of that. He's like, so it's, I shall not want. He making me lie down in green pastures for a sheep. It's like, I kind of attribute it to like, God's my God. He, he get, provides all my needs. He, he, he puts me in front of a smorgasbord of all I need. God provides for that. God provides for us so much that he's saying, like a declaration of David, God, God's, he knows that God's going to provide so much for him that he knows wherever he lays his head and rest, God's going to provide the meals, whatever he needs. So that green pastor is everything that you can need for a sheep. Uh, all right. So I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible. I love this part. Okay. Like I said, I love this chapter. So he, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. Loved where you guys went. I jumped over to Psalm 4, 8. says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. That's exactly what he's doing here in this chapter. He's giving them a place to rest and sleep, and he's making them dwell in safety there. And the other part, that of uh, that part there where it talks about the the stream there so the still waters if you know anything about sheep if you were to actually put them next to uh waters that are not still one they won't drink out of it they refuse sheep will not drink out of water that is that is rushing or bubbling or going and, and doing stuff they won't drink out of it and so in order for them to drink, they, it's got to be still and, still and calm. And then also, they they will jump easily if something startles them. So waters that are rushing, they, they don't like to be around them. It'll make them excitable and, and stuff. To me, this again, this is an awesome chapter. That's what God does with us. That's exactly what he does with us. And this is an awesome time to think about how he keeps us safe, how he's supplying our needs, how he's purposely taking us by the still water. He's making sure that we have the right thing to drink, not just physically, but spiritually. And he's keeping us moving forward. Yeah, there's, there's a, the, the trust word comes back in too, because what he's doing and what I've heard is he's managing this and he manages us and to take us to the green pasture. And uh, it made me laugh when you started talking about the sheep that uh, doesn't trust the choppy water. I mean, who does, right? But uh, <laughs> if, 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 he's not, if he's not there, what's going to happen? I mean, somebody's going somebody's gonna to look at that. And, and I, kind of, I kind of look at it as a practical way. God's going to guide us to what we need. It may not be, and somebody's already said this, I'm just repeating it. It may not be exactly what we want, but it's exactly what we need at the time. And it's always perfect timing. Um, we're always impatient. We always want it now. But in this visual, I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself, it's, it's, it's trust. We're trusting him to give us exactly what we need. And, I mean, I'm not a grass eater, but I'm a sheep. I sometimes want to be guided. <laughs> I'm not big on grass, especially the brown stuff. If I had to eat it, it'd have to be green. Uh, the <laughs> water, I don't. <laughs> Go ahead. He's a, he's he's a Charmin guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, Charmin. 
One one other thing that little side note, you know, if they got stuck in water, their wool. Have you guys ever gotten wet with a wool sweater on? <laughs> you're it's gonna sink. <laughs> right, you're gonna go down. Another side note I would like to toss in there is, I think it's interesting that he talks talks about and somebody touched on it just a little bit about lying down. The interesting thing is, is did you guys realize in ever since Genesis, even back in Genesis, God gave us rest. He told us to chill out, you know, and he gave us the Sabbath day because we have to chill. And that's the thing is God knew that we were going to work ourselves to death if he didn't say, okay, this day that I've given you, I need you to rest. And I think it's interesting that he says, a, a lie down, <laughs> like somebody else brought yeah. it up, lie down in, in, in cool pasture. That being said, I think we will go into verse three. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For his name's sake. Can I take that up? Yeah. I think, and, and this is, maybe maybe I'm peeling back too many layers of of the onion here, uh, 1990s joke. Okay, so I got it. Yeah, you got it. Okay, so he restoreth my soul. I think that's that's quite obvious in lieu of what was mentioned before, talking about the rest, talking about the pastures, talking about the water. I think that's that's an obvious one. He's he's given me that rest that that I needed. You know that restoration I needed. But then he, he continues on and he says, he leads me to the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And we've talked about this on previous episodes, guys. And uh, anybody out there listening, please go to Biblical Chili Podcast and trust me when I say you will not have a problem finding Biblical Chili. Just Google it or Bing it or Siri it. Just say, hey, Siri, what's Biblical Chili? Trust me. You will find us. <laughs> we are the only ones with such a ludicrous name. <laughs> check out some of our old podcasts we talk about this very thing in exclusive detail but when he says uh, he leadeth me by uh, uh, in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake one of our episodes talked about worship and we talked about how worship is not just music and it's not just singing our own life and what we do in our life brings him glory brings his namesake glory okay our and and take this take this the right way because we can gain righteousness by no means except for through christ so when i say our righteousness is for god's namesake our righteousness brings his brings glory to him what i mean is is the righteousness that we are only able to gain through christ that is how and I, I think that is what it's talking about. He's leading me by these paths. In other words, the paths are something that's already established, that the Lord has already set in place, okay? And then it, what kind of paths are they? They're paths of righteousness. And for his name's sake, it's for his glory. And that's what that's what it's all about. But we have, we have to, like, sit on this one verse that it's probably one of the most powerful verses, I think, in the Bible. He restores my soul. I remember being young, so, like, like restores my soul and as you get older you don't i used to always used to think oh people can lose salvation or wait people can't lose salvation and there was evidence on both sides of the or of that argument but then you know what as a christian there's times when we get down there's times when life gets to us like this kind of moment 
that we need to be restored. And Christ is that is that on top of just being the shepherd, he's the one that's able to just restore our spirit from the inside out, not from the outside in, but from the inside out to give us that new that newness of the that day. newness. So yeah. So I just that's a powerful statement that says he he God, not any exterior anything from the outside acting upon us, but God from the inside restores our soul. And it's not talking about salvation or spirit, our soul. He just restores us. No matter where we are in life, he can restore you. In our everyday lives, we, we have challenges, and sometimes we're knocked down. We get knocked down mentally and maybe physically. And I'm, I'm picturing here God pulling us tight restoring us through this. I mean, we might go through things at work. We might go through things in the community that just really knocks the wind out of us. And God comes alongside us and, and restores us. Where do we go when we need to be restored? We go to God. When, I, when I'm restored, when I go through something that's, uh, that really hurts, something that really knocks me to my knees, I believe that we, 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 we go to God. We trust God. And I, I mean, I'm never going to stop using that word trust. I, I believe he restores us and he restores us uh, through prayer, through worship, through uh, the love of our family. Uh, and and, and, and I, I really believe that. I, I mean, I've been restored. I continually be restored. I mean, there are people that need that now as they go through this, uh, what people are saying is a scary time. And we're going to get to some of that here shortly. He restoreth my soul. Right now, there's a lot of people that are social butterflies. They, they, they get their cup filled back up by being around people through that relationship. Now, this time is a good time that uh, we will for us to, to step back and allow God to fill our cup up, to really uh, dive into our relationship with him. Um, I, I did a little Google search here and righteousness, the quality of being morally right or justifiable. So he leads us down the paths of morality, justification. He leads us down paths where we can gain those qualities along the way. So for, for so me, you, this is like a, a really, can I, can I step? So you're talking about like character development, character development. Okay. Yeah. Um, to completely, help nourish your own moral values. And, and much like I mentioned before with how the, the shepherds, they lead their, their sheep down these paths, allowing them to graze on both sides. That's the, the same path that I'm talking about where, you know, you don't want to be indulgent in this. You're, you're developing your character. It's, it, you're creating the person that, that you're going to be, that God wants you to be by walking these paths, following and trusting the shepherd. Going into verse 4. Oh, this is a very, very famous verse. Um, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yep. Ra raise those hands, Israel. Amen. That that one's a lot, man. There we go. My, my mom, would she used to say this when, so I grew up really poor like ridiculously poor in like government housing in the city with like a single mom. And my mom would like every time 
she would read this. You can tell the passion behind her when she would read that. Like, yay, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. My mom is the most devout Christian I've ever met. She makes me look like she'll make any she'll make the Pope look like a sinner. She's just that great of she's she's an awesome, she's a saint. Plus, she's my mom. But hey, is Israel have... isn't isn't everyone's mama? <laughs> Yeah, but like my mom's like legit. Everyone who meets her says, like, like my mom would. I, I grew. My mom would go no matter where would it be. She would just go and share the gospel. She'll oh. see someone in like it doesn't matter if it's a gang or anything. She wasn't scared. She would just do whatever God tells her. She still does whatever God tells her to do. She's gonna do. And I remember as a little boy being awkwarded out sometimes. And as I got older, I got more more into it. But like. My mom would just find people and go and share. And I used to always think about that. We used to live in a ghetto. My mom was never afraid of stuff because this was in her heart. No matter what happens, she has God. No matter how big your outside world is, it's not bigger than the Christ inside her. All right. So verse four, very awesome one. I love this one, especially right now. Uh, during this time frame, it makes a uh, really good uh the first part of it, if you think about going through the valley of the shadow of death, a lot of folks right now are scared. They're going through that valley. You got to remember there's mountains on both sides. Okay. So you were also going, we're going through it. We're going to make our way. And, you know, God's going to take us through this no matter what, you know, it's, uh, it's, that's a, a comforting thought that he's there with us. I love how we've referenced, you know, like the, the, the poem with the the footprints and things like that and and thinking about how God's always with us or carrying us along and so I love that part but the the last part of this verse when I think about David as a shepherd and and how they would shepherd their sheep thy rod and thy staff they comfort me one was for defending off animals and and taking care of stuff the other one was generally used that like let's say a lamb ran away that lamb he would pick that lamb up this sounds vicious in some ways but it was how he trained the lamb to learn how to stay close to the master how to stay close to him for protection if the lamb kept running away kept running away kept running away he would take that lamb and he would he would like break it so like either he would hurt like the one of the legs or something to that effect and then he would put that lamb around his shoulder and he would carry that lamb or carry it with him everywhere and the lamb would get to know the master but he would use that staff and that rod in, in reference to once some sometimes it would be uh to to correct him to correct the sheep and correct the lamb and and to to comfort that lamb in the end to let that lamb know who he was and what his main purpose was, was there to help them and to comfort them and to be with them. And God wants us to be close to him and doesn't want us to run away and, and fear and go places and get lost and, and things like that. He wants us to stay close to him and he's willing to, to even go to an extreme measure so that his sheep, understand who he is and who his what his voice sounds like and 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 how comforting he can be i mean 
imagine being that lamb in in God's arms, walking around. You're seeing all the other ones, and and you had been the you'd been the bad sheep, but now you're the one in His arms all the time, and He's comforting you, and He's talking to you, you know, and He's taking care of you. That to me is when we're going through that valley. That is an awesome thought to think about. That one, He protects us from the wolves and the other things around us, but him also comforting us with those rods and that staff. That's a beautiful thought process. Right. Do you have a thought before, point. before you before you do that? Hold on one sec. I do have one thing to remember. If you remember how they built their folds back then, I always loved this thought process too. Uh, there was no actual doorway on the folds. They would build like a structure, and then the shepherd would lay across the entrance because he was the door. And he was the only way for sheep to get out and only way for anything else to get in. Think about how God protects us in that regard. You got to go through him to get out or you got to go through him to get in. And it's a wonderful thought process that he is the door. And that's how they would design. It's just a beautiful if you think about the reality of what David was and how he was a shepherd and how this applies to our life, such a wonderful blessing. That's awesome. Go ahead. Right. I, I hope that that brings some, the next time we read some of these parables that have to do with uh, sheep leading and, and so forth, it, it should really come to life more now that we're looking at it through these contexts. It's not about God. Like, I don't even know how to put this. Like, like, uh, I don't know how to put this, like, like shaming us or trying to get our attention by, you know, breaking our legs or something like that. But here's the thing, the, the, the part where they, these type of parables and these types of comparisons break down is the fact that we are voluntary sheep. We voluntarily go to this shepherd. And when it comes to that many times, and I've heard pastors say this many times, I know the psalmist has said it, David has said this, uh, King Solomon has said this. He talks about how God either, he uses, uh, I believe it was David. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong on this. David was the one that actually said, dear Lord, please purge me with hyssop. If you knew what hyssop was, you wouldn't want to be purged with it. Let me put it that way. All that David was trying to say is, God, I want to follow you. Please show me the wrong path when I, when I reach it. Like, met, let it be rough on me. And so I know, okay, I'm not going that way again. And that's the, that's kind of the point. It's God's not trying to say, hey, you follow me or else. God's trying to say, hey, listen, if you want to follow me, I may need to break your heart. I may need to break you down to nothing to build you back up, to bring you back up, because maybe that's the only way you're going to listen. But unfortunately, when it comes to that, none of us know each other's hearts and only God knows everyone's heart. So only God knows what's going to work. Right. Uh, go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, I, I would just say that was a that was a great illustration. I mean, break, the breaking of the leg. I mean, how many times have you had your leg broken in your life, so to speak? You know what I mean? That would draw you back into where you're supposed to be. And that's where wisdom comes from. And that's we seek wisdom. And sometimes wisdom just reach out, reaches out and grabs us. I mean, that's how we learn. That was such a great illustration yes. of uh, a shepherd and, and the sheep. I mean, I mean. Wow. And I, and I think I was thinking back and we're all shepherds. Some of us, some of us just have bigger flocks, such as my friend. Uh, I mean, what do you got? 12 kids? We shepherd. We <laughs> what, shepherd what are you? Kids. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And unfortunately, we have to punish our own children. And that's hard. That's hard to do. And, and, and part of that training is whatever the punishment is. We can't talk about that. On, you know, but, <laughs> but hey, you take them close. You take them close. You need to explain to them why you had to punish them. And, and you explain that you're leading them in, in a direction of righteousness, of doing the right things, making good decisions. But I believe God's called us to all, all of us. Go ahead. I just, I've often had to tell my children, listen, I'm trying to save you from, and, and mind you, my kids are only nine. My kids are six and nine, okay? But they're starting to get it. They're like, I, I, I'm telling them, hey, listen, I wasn't born under a rock. I was a baby too once. I was your age once. And I did this yeah. when I was your age. And I keep trying to tell them, I am trying to save you from further hardships. If you keep up this character, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, then this is going to cause you trouble later on. So, no, yeah. I, I think that's an... Uh, did anybody have anything else to add to this verse before I go on? Uh, I would just add in one thing. And, 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 and God does this in love. He loves us, so he allows this. And he does these things. And, and that's what you tell your kids as well. I'm doing this because I love you. And I don't want you to make these mistakes. Uh, just like Justin was saying. That's the only thing I was going to throw in. I'll read Tyler's. All right, before I uh, give my two cents here, um, Tyler Nutt just uh, messaged in saying, this makes me think of a verse that I've really been enjoying, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In another version, it says he will personally go ahead of you. He has a plan in every situation and walks with us and goes before us and shows us the goodness he has for us, even though at times it's terrifying, but yet he goes before us every time. Hey, can we extend an invitation to that nut and bring him on the, on the cast? You, hey, I think you would probably rather have him on this than me. Hi, right, son. Glad you chimed in. So what... When I read this verse, I, I read it backwards for, for my own understanding. Um, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you think of how you parent your children, how we raise them up, we either learn from or mimic the upbringing of our, our own childhood. And then we, we do our best to make the right decisions. And even if we're hard on them, even if we're light on them. No matter what, they trust us. And the, the, the imagery that comes into my head is when they have to go through a scary, a scary situation. Like they have to walk through the dark to go to the bathroom. They have to walk and they need to go somewhere and they're afraid. So they want dad to hold their hand and walk them through this because you are their big, scary force field that's not going to let anything happen to them. Or the basement. Even though they know, <laughs> even though they also know that the the hand that they hold also brings them pain, they also know they can trust it to keep them safe. It says the the valley of the shadow of death, and this is a poem. This is a a, a song that that David wrote at the time, and I, I I like how it's shadow. It's it's shadow because it looks different for everybody. That people go through different shadows, different things that are scary to them, different things that, that make them lose hope, that make them 
question if they can do it alone and they need to reach out for that, that, that big scary force field that will help carry them through this. Whether it be mental, uh, a mental thing, a physical thing, a financial thing, a big worry, a big burden, or a big pandemic, we know that we need to have someone to anchor to to get us through this. I just want, um, when we talk about like the, um, going through the valley of the shadow of death, whenever we have any kind of situations like this, we tend to lean on God. And this morning, um, I heard on the radio from Smile FM saying that Nielsen's publishing says Bibles, Bible purchases are up like over 100% in this past few weeks. Now, it's crazy that like it takes it takes all this kind of situations to get people to re start remembering to lean back towards their pastors. But to be up over 100% just boggled my mind. And when he was talking about that, that popped back to memory. A little off topic, but I wanted to shoot that out there right now. No, that's right. That, that's that's funny you bring that up because I was listening to a live stream from Pastor Heaton out in Lupton, and he said he saw a picture that all the Bibles on the shelves were all bought except for the NIVs. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, that's blasphemous. Okay, sorry, just for a quick disclaimer, sorry that only about maybe 60% of you are going to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I got the NIV right here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. I just thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. If I can just leave a small comment before we jump on, because we should really move forward with this. I think it's interesting that it is called the shadow of death. And I think with the shadow of death, there's still hope there. That means that there is still a way out because it's only the shadow of death. It's not actual death. Because, I mean, let's face it, once you're dead, you're dead. But <laughs> if it's the shadow of death, then you see death all around you, but you're just you're just laying in the shadow of it, and he can still guide you through that. So, all right, Tom, go ahead and bring, bring us, bring us right. home. And then the next, uh, next verse, verse 5, um, Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest <laughs> my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Justin. Okay. <laughs> A side note, oil is one of those things in Scripture that has always referenced the Holy Spirit. Did you know, like prophecy-wise and all that other stuff, the symbolism of oil has always mentioned the Holy Spirit. And I think it's interesting that he's um, preparing a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. The interest, and I'm not, I'm not saying that like this is like gloating, but the fact is, is at the end of time, Scripture tells us that every eye will see him and every Amen. tongue will confess that literally. I mean, this I mean, it's summing it up in, in like this very poetic fashion saying, hey, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, because Scripture says at the end when he comes down with the angels and da 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 in the clouds and you know you know dead in Christ shall ride first da 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 and they all come up like there's still a lot of wicked people that are still alive, and there may be some people that hated you and they may be their enemies, but God has already set a place for you at His table, and now anointest my head with oil. That to me references way back. I say way back, way forward. It should be in this context. Um, when Jesus talks about you know the ten wise virgins and the ten foolish virgins. What did they what did they run out of? Anybody remember? Oil in the lamp. Oil in the lamp. That is talking 
directly about the exact same thing. Both of them had the Holy Spirit, which both groups, the, the, both 10, had the Holy Spirit. But one ran out because they didn't have a backup. Now, I'm not saying you can't like keep the Holy Spirit in a jar in your pocket. But my point is, is one of them studying the Word of God, they want to st stick in, in contact with the Holy Spirit. They want to be involved so much so that during hardship, in other words, when there is no oil, if I can say when you can't go to church and study with your friends, they're still on their own, stuck with the Holy Spirit and 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 connected with Him and talking to Him. This just kind of it just it it to me it reminisces of that that parable that Jesus gave about that about being prepared for this. And obviously the my cup over, uh, runneth over. That just I mean it's just saying what what are you gonna do? I'll give God like he's yeah. Thank you, Mike. It's just, I mean they're throwing your hands up. What what does that mean? Like come on. <laughs> I gotta be honest, Dave. You know when David wrote that. Even as right now, it's kind of there's just a little bit of excitement to know that there's going to be some kind of redemption or reward for everything that we've gone through now. It's like, yes, heaven, table. Ha, I was right. Sorry, you guys are in hell. I apologize, but you should have accepted Christ before. You know, there's that. <laughs> I, I'm going to repent about this later. Sorry, but you know, there's that little part of you. It's like, Yes, I'm in heaven. Thank you, God. Oh, they'll definitely be that. I'm sure of that. Um, any football game you've ever been to, every any sporting event you've screamed your head off at, that will be the ultimate time uh, when you finally arrive. <laughs> you think or, you think our voices are going to go hoarse? Yeah. In the beginning, because we got singing to do. <laughs> I'll let you guys do the singing. I'll, I'll just do the. <laughs> <You're clapping. laughs> Praise God. Anybody else have any comments on, on verse five? Any any little tidbits that you can drop in? Oh, is... uh, I'll go last. Okay, Tom, Tom wants to go last. All right. I'm going to jump in here. So with the, I love how you went with the oil. I love that. I think that's really good. And if you think about where it's at in the middle of his enemies, that's just a wonderful thought process of how God takes care of us, even in, in times of struggle and, and trial and people are looking at us and, and going after us. And it's, it's one of those things that God just keeps us moving through and gives us that, that mental state that we're supposed to have by the renewing of our mind. Okay. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So giving us the Holy Spirit with God's word to back us up and to get us through the valley. And it's just a wonderful thought process. But I still love my cup runneth over. It's kind of like me when I get really, really excited about something. I just can't handle it and I can't keep it in. And I just got to I gotta say something. It's just so awesome. That is how we, we are going to react and respond to all this stuff going on we're going to be so happy and i should say so joyous and and so at peace with what god is doing for us and and living the christian walk and being that true person who we're supposed to be in god that people are going to be like whoa what did this guy drink so i mean that to me it's just we can't keep it in it's just people see it and it's just coming out when the holy spirit's in in you and you have him, him uh, using you for what you're supposed to be used for, 
it's going to come out and people are going to see God through you. And it's just going to be amazing. Yeah, we actually did an episode a while ago about the Holy Spirit, which I would recommend. Once again, you guys jump right in there and uh, look up some of our old episodes or some of our old dramas because we go through this in extensive detail. Oh, I have a, I have a comment that just popped up. I had a friend ask if this is the end of the world. Uh, gave me a time to testify that we need to be ready. No man knows the day nor the hour uh, when he will come. And uh, Amen. No, we, nobody knows, but Scripture flat out tells us when it comes to prophecy and all that. He says, listen, and when it comes to the ten virgins, that's what it's all about. One group was ready, one group was not. And the fact is, is we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know the day when he's going to come. But Jesus did say this. I know this is a slightly off topic, but kind of answering the question or, or comment on it. Jesus did say, you will know the season of the hour. You won't know the hour, but you'll know that I'll, I'll give you some of those warnings. But that's awesome, though, because we, nobody knows when he's showing up. So, But that's awesome, though, that, that Janet was able to take that and use it as an opportunity. And I think that's what we should be doing, because that question is being asked a lot right now about, hey, is this the end of the world? We should we should have questions or answers ready for that, guys. Uh, every yes. single one of them. No. Yeah, <laughs> amen. Just say, um, you know what? I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. We should be ready for Christ. Hey, have you, have you ever talked to Christ? Have, when was the last time you talked to him? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, every day. Every day is a step closer to the end. So <laughs> we have no excuses. <laughs> right, right. We have no excuses. We should be sharing. One day closer. When I read this, I, I took into context that it was David telling this, you know, uh, writing this psalm. So, thou anointest my head with oil. It actually happened to him. It's, yeah. you know, it's like a, um, he's stating a fact. Like, you, you, you brought me to this point. You anointed my head with oil. I, I find it really cool that his verbiage switches here. No longer is he talking about getting sustenance from pastures and fields and stuff. Now it's at a table. Now he's eating in the presence of his enemies. All right, so... That sheep is walking on two legs now. Right. Now, <laughs> the, the, the cool thing I think about this is that... They're watching coyotes. They're watching. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not watching... They're not watching to devour the host. They are enticed by the food on the table. So you prepare a, a table before me in the presence of my enemies, which to me says, you are blessing me. You, you know, you have raised me to this point. Now you're blessing me. My enemies that are around, the, 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 the enemies that are around are noticing. They're watching you. They're, they're, they're looking to see where this came from. How do they get what you have? That I, I don't I don't see this at the end of times. I see this as a turning point in this paragraph where or this this chapter where it goes from build up to now like what to do like marching orders that we you know he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies you know you anointed my head with oil my cup runneth over that you know following his teachings what's got him to this far this this point here has given him blessings beyond what he could ever hope for <laughs> and that people are noticing. Going into the next verse here, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can, can I? I mean, unless you guys want to jump in. 
Jump in. Okay, go, okay. Go, go. Surely, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Okay, notice it does not say happiness and joy and wealth and money and no problems and everything's going to be peachy keen and I'm going to be wearing rose-colored glasses. No, no, no. He says... What? What? He I said, no, no, no. calm down, Israel. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's saying, surely goodness. In other words, God's given us good things, right? God can only do what's best for us, right? And I don't mean the Corvette in the backyard that hasn't been unburied. So surely goodness <laughs> and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So, oh, man, that's, ooh. Don't we all need a little bit of that mercy? The definition of mercy is receiving something you do not deserve. You we are get given that every day. Right. You're given mercy. Amen. And I will yeah. dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Okay. Just a little uh Bible 101. Whenever you guys see a full caps Lord, that is talking specifically about God the Father. And I find it interesting that uh, if I can pop this up real quick here. This is verse 6, which is the last verse. Check that out. He says, house of the Lord. This is this is um, uh, God the Father, okay? But let's go back to verse 1 for just a second. The Lord is my shepherd. He starts and ends with God the Father. He's sandwiching everything in this between God the Father and he like God the Father is the is the, the 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 slice of bread here that that all this meat he just shoved in there uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever I just I, I don't know I, I think that in and of itself says so much because and, and you guys want some hope read the last couple chapters of the Bible read the last couple chapters of the book of Revelation that just I mean, it, it talks about how his mercies will endure forever. It talks about how he's, it's, you know, he's got a place there for us. He's, 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 we will dwell with the Lord forever. And it says forever so many times about us being with him forever. Because that, that's, in, in Israel, you brought this up. And, and, and I guess this kind of brings up the question of without that promise of what God has given us, without, without that promise, you guys, what do we have? Really? Without that promise, we're just a bunch of people doing good things. I mean, I, sure. I hate to leave it on that, but that's that promise. Well, and we're we've lived a good life, but what? You know, there, what's the promise? Right. Um, you know. Yeah. I mean, that is that's oh. awesome, Justin. Mike, Mike, are you? Sorry, sorry, Mike, are you jumping in? Yeah, yeah, if my phone will, if my phone will stay on, I'm like one uh, percent, and it's probably gonna go to zero right now. Sorry, man. So. <laughs> I really got it. I I got to say this. This is awesome. So, I I was looking at when you were talking about mercy, and goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When I think about something following me, I think about my kids. They're behind me. It's not it's not with me. It's behind me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. What am I leaving behind me? What what are people seeing in me? All the verse before that, my cup runneth over. Okay, the oil I'm anointed on my head. 
Okay. What are people seeing that I am leaving behind? They're following behind me. Are they catching all that mercy and goodness that I'm leaving behind? You know, that to me, I, I just, I think it's a quick little, that's just something that I look at personally, but I, that was something that the Lord talked to me about. Uh, when people look at me and they see me and they hear me and they, they observe my thoughts and the things that I do, are they seeing the mercy and the goodness come out of me and overflow? And are they able to follow in that and do the same right on through? That's you awesome. Know, and so that's what my kids should be seeing. They should be picking that up. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a wonderful thought process that that's, that's the end game. That's, that's where we're going. And anybody that's following behind me gets to follow in those same footprints and footsteps. And that's where they're going. So awesome. that's, that's just my thought process on that guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that. One of the one of the songs my wife and I used to stand and cry, thinking about the children that would come behind us. Uh, and the main the main line from that was, "May all who come behind us find us faithful." And and that's I mean that's what a tremendous responsibility to to raise children and 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 lead them. There there goes his battery. Yep yep there he goes. Bye Mike. Uh, Sorry. God See you, Mike. God mercy lasts forever, but not a lithium ion battery. <laughs> <laughs> Again, when we, I used to fall asleep, this was the last thing I, my mom would read when, when, when you fall asleep, and you can dwell on that. Mercy will last forever. His goodness and grace, all those things just kind of builds into like, this is my assurance. God is forever. This is where I'm going to rest my life. God's mercy. No matter how many times I screw up, God forgives. How many times I mess up, God forgives. God loves me. God has mercy on me. I absolutely love that. Sorry, don't sin like grace abounds because that would be wrong. Paul talks about that. But anyway, I'm just saying, mercy is amazing. You know, I'm keeping that quote. <laughs> Which quote? God's <laughs> mercies last forever, but not a lithium battery. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay Tom, Tom I think is going to wrap this thing up now Mike kind of stole some of my thunder because that was the the, the, the thought process I was going down to as well is that follow part he, again he, he didn't say he's going to fo- it's going to happen to him surely goodness and mercy is going to happen to me you know he didn't say that it's going to follow me but but he was king and he wrote this and it's confidence it's he, he knows that he messed up but he also knows that the path that he's gotten to here the path that he's taken following god uh trusting god that he's got the confidence where he says that it will follow me and i'm gonna dwell in the house not i think i'm gonna dwell in the house not if i get lucky maybe he'll let me in the gates he seems pretty sure right he he knows that he messed up but he repented he sought to find favor with god again so he he knows that mm-hmm. this is going to happen you know to 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 look back at this whole chapter all of these six verses that speaks volumes and that it, he tells his story from starting out as a as, as a shepherd 
knowing that he wasn't the shepherd, he was following the shepherd, following through his life story, going through fighting the animals, fighting the scary things, knowing that he had to trust God the whole way, that when he got to the other side, he was anointed, became king, and now everyone is looking to him for the answers, looking to him to set the example. He set the example, and now goodness will follow him because of the things that he did, and he's going to dwell. So this is like a, a declaration of right. of success, a declaration of, now listen, follow this example. I, I don't know if uh, if this gives you guys a, a different context in, in reading this. I don't know if uh, if this helps at all. It raises more questions, which I, I hope it does. I hope it raises more questions to make you dig deeper into the life of David, to, to read more into the Psalms, to um, either find something to agree with the things that we've said tonight or find things to disagree with. Send us an email. Send us a, a message on this live stream because um, we would love to hear your input. Thank you so much for everybody um, that has uh, chimed in and added to this conversation. This was so much fun. Yes, and with thank that, you. Um, we're going to wrap this up, and uh, we'll, we'll do it our, our biblical chili fashion. This has been Tom. This is Justin. <laughs> ah. <laughs> this is Wayne. <laughs> Hurry, Wayne. This is Israel. <laughs> oh, Justin. This is Sully. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next Thursday. I hope you all have a very, very great Easter at home. And uh, we'll see you guys then. Yes. Stay safe, everyone. We love you all. See you guys. God bless you. Bye, everyone. Good night. Hello again. I hope you had a great time. If you ever want to reach out to that Chili Crew, you can find them on the interwebs. You can find them in the Book of Faces, a Twittering Bird, and now also on a YouTube. YouTube. Who makes up these names? Anyway, and if you want to be part of the conversation, the Chili Crew every Thursday at 7 p.m. will go live on Facebook. Especially during this time, it's great to hear from anyone. I tell you right now, the UPS man has become my new best friend. Well, I hope you all stay safe. And Lord bless you.